Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 158 of the IT Career in a Jazz podcast. My guest on today's show is Sarah Withy. Sarah is a polyglot software engineer, public speaker, teacher and mentor, and hardware and robot tinkerer. She has a passion for technology and has had ever since she wrote her first computer programs in elementary school. So Sarah, can I ask you to expand on that brief intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, my parents had a Commodore 64 when I was a kid, and my dad taught me the command to type in to run a game, and I always kind of wondered what that command meant. So there were a bunch of numbers and symbols in it, and found the manual for the computer one day and just kind of looked through it and like, holy cow, there's like all sorts of things I can type in. And I started typing them in and found out I could just make bigger and bigger, more elaborate things. And um, it just really fascinated me, and I was drawn into it, and then just kind of as middle school and high school and college all rolled around, I kind of got lucky in that I was still fascinated in this as a career. And that's kind of how I ended up being the developer that I am. And then as for the polyglot nature, I um, have just worked in a variety of different languages over the years and different jobs and just side projects. I've come to not really find any of them to be my favorite language. I love just kind of learning new things, trying out different technologies and things like that. So I've always just, I guess, come to settle in like trying new things and not saying like whatever language is my favorite. <laughs> okay. You've obviously taken that forward as well. So now you actually share your experiences and your your thoughts and opinions. So in the role of a teacher and a mentor, how, how did you get into that? And why did you decide to go down that route? I feel like it's an absolute accident in a way. Um, I was a undergrad in college and they were splitting off the C++ class into a lab and the lecture and they needed some like GAs to teach the lab. And they actually thought of me. They're like, well, Sarah's pretty good at this. She knows the material. And I think she would relate well to the other undergrads. So maybe she could teach it. And so the department was fine with that. And they asked me for a, if I would do a lab assistantship which I read into that as in, oh, I can assist the teacher of the lab. Like, oh, I can totally do that. And come to find out after a meeting or two with the planning people that there wasn't really another teacher that I was going to be it. I kind of freaked out a little bit. Like, I can't talk in front of people. I don't know how to do this. Ah, And do I even know C++? But then I realized, um, you know, I, I do in fact know the language. I was writing it very well at the time and passed all my classes and, you know, was tutoring other students almost and, you know, kind of thought like, well, I can maybe figure this out. And it was a bit of a rocky first semester as I, me and there was another lab assistant that we were trying to like write all the labs and prepare the class. And we were all kind of flailing every single week on how to do this. But after we kind of had our system set, it really came pretty naturally to want to share all the things I've loved about programming and about software development with people. And I found, you know, when people couldn't understand the book and they couldn't understand their lecture teacher, I was usually there to provide other examples or 
things like that. And people said they really actually learned a lot from me. And don't tell the other teachers in the department, but I usually had some of the highest evaluations of the whole department. (laughs) But, you know, I I think that kind of led me into what later became conference speaking and things like that, where I never expected to ever be in front of large groups of people. And now I just kind of do it and don't really think twice about my ability to do it. Right. So presumably as well, you You've taken that on as well, where you talk to people more individually as well. So presumably your mentoring is more one-to-one. Yeah. Um, I ended up teaching a bunch of workshops, and some of them were a lot smaller, so it meant a lot of good one-on-one interactions with them. I've mentored a lot of kids in either learning to program or building robotics. And I try a lot to engage on Twitter in that way too, where if I see people saying like, oh, well, I I always wish I could be a conference speaker, you know, I'll send them a message, be like, hi, you know, let's talk, I want to help you get the confidence to be able to pull that off. Because I never thought I could. And I did. So I'm like, how how can I help you achieve the same thing too? So Sarah, can you perhaps share a career tip with the IT career energizer audience, one they may not know, and perhaps should? Always be willing to try new things. Um, I feel like almost every single thing people think is really awesome about me are things that just sort of happened by accident or just kind of I went in not really knowing what I was getting into and they turned out really well. Like I joined a robotics team in college and I had no clue how to do anything even remotely with robots. And over a bit of time, I figured it out. People were like, oh my gosh, Sarah, you're so awesome. Like I didn't ever try to do all these cool things. Sometimes it just sort of happened by accident, I feel like. And so I would just say, you know, if you see an opportunity kind of land on your doorstep and you're just like, I don't know what this means, maybe try it anyway. Sure. So you're you're very much an advocate of when things present themselves to you and you're you're interested, you'll you'll give it a go. You'll put yourself out there. Yeah. I try to anyway. <laughs> right. Okay. So Sarah, can you perhaps Tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience. Um, probably early on in my career, I guess I was still an intern when it happened. But, you know, I'd, I'd been programming for like the bulk of my life at that point and just kind of like, you know what, I'm going into an internship. I'm a little nervous, but, you know, it's like it's what I've always wanted to do. So I was pretty excited. And there was one particular day when I had worked on a new feature for something and I had made a PR for it and sent it up. And my teammate, he was just, he normally like looked over all my code and just said like, you know what, you got this. It's fine. Just go ahead and send it up. This is also the company that had about 250 developers and all of them were on the mailing list for when the build system broke, everybody got a message that said one, it broke into what commits caused it. And so of course I ended up pushing up a commit that he didn't end up looking over one of the files didn't get attached to it, so it didn't have a complete set of code. Of course, the build broke. Of course, the whole 200-something developer mailing list received that uh, I had broke the build. And I was just, like, panicked, like, oh, God, this is terrible. Like, what's going to happen? And my teammate ended up saying, like, you know what? No, that's a source of pride. You should be proud you broke it. But uh, <laughs> at that moment, I was really kind of in this, like, oh gosh, like, I don't even know that I can pull this off. Like, how am I ever going to get into the career and do this? Like, 
Like I've never been so embarrassed before. (laughs) Yes. um, And then what made it a little worse was when I submitted the next push to add the file back in, I think it ended up rolling back my commit, like the build system or something did that. And so I didn't notice that the other files then weren't attached. So of course it broke again. And so of course I was like even more embarrassed. And finally, um, I think the third time was the charm in which everything went up. The build system passed. I'm like, ah. The relief at that stage, yes. So what do you do differently? What have you learned from that experience? I've learned code reviews are important, but I've learned perhaps my own code reviews are important. So, you know, as I go into my IDE or wherever I'm going to and individually look at everything I am actually pushing up to make sure, one, is it what I expected to push up, but two... Is it missing anything, you know, rather obvious that I know I worked on? Or is there extra stuff I shouldn't be? Like if I wrote some code and then ended up not using it, is that still in there? I should take that out. Different things like that. So kind of, you know, reviewing my own code as well as letting other people review my code. Yeah. So it sounds like you built your own review process. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think greatest success is kind of a weird thing. I'm not sure, like, you know, when I think of my career, I think of like me as a software engineer in a job, but uh, I kind of see kind of repeatedly, I like do little things that I feel are rather successful. Like I spoke internationally for the first time this year, which was kind of cool. And I shared how to work with Mycroft, which is a open source home assistant thing like Google Home or Alexa. So, you know, like I see that as a source of accomplishment. I had a really awesome job most recently that they pretty much just said like, hi, I know you don't know any of these technologies we work with, but I see you're really good at learning things really fast. And we actually need somebody of your type here. And so they literally hired me not knowing any of the fancy buzzwords on the job description, but I ended up rocking that job just because I quickly could learn what I needed to, got got in built out code, built out systems, fixed build processes, fixed bugs, whatever I needed to do for the task at hand. And I felt really proud of that job that I was at. Um, Just kind of little things like that. Yeah. So in terms of your contribution, is that that part of your, you feel your sort of success in terms of your your contribution to the industry, your speaking, mentoring, and, and so forth? Yeah. Like I tend to think of careers just like what I do on the job, but I think really it's kind of a combination of what I've done on the job, what I've done on the side, how I've been able to help other people in my industry sort of blossom too. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, so Sarah, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? One thing I've always just loved about Kind of as I've been a young kid and watched computers be, you know, sort of like terrible compared to today's standards, but really amazing at the time. It's just kind of as tech has evolved, our problems we've used them for have evolved too. So one thing that excites me about the future, I guess, is seeing where we're taking our technology and how we can use it to solve more and more interesting problems. I've been sort of addicted lately to like Wired News and The Atlantic and different articles like that that talk about, oh, oh, well, we just applied a big data problem to something and discovered like, you know, things aren't as they seem. And I can love that we're doing things like that. 
Um, for a career in IT, I'm looking forward to not just seeing like what kind of job I'll end up on, but just kind of what sort of work I'll end up doing too, because I don't really have a sort of specialty, if you will. It kind of means I just find a interesting challenge and I work on it. And so it kind of means as each job kind of comes along, I'm just working on a different challenge. Yeah. And I like seeing how I can make my mind think in a different way and start working to answer those problems. Right. So it's a combination of opportunities and challenges. Yeah. All right. So Sarah, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? I think I'm ready. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Definitely programming as a kid. I think I love the idea I could make a rather dumb machine do really smart things, I guess. And it just always stuck with me. I love the problem solving. I love saying, like, how do you make this do that? And I have to, you know, think through the logic and the steps I would need to pull that off. And it's just always been fun. I love brain teasers as a kid, and I kind of still love them now. And it's like my career is that as well. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Probably something along the lines of making sure I take care of myself too. It's a very brain-heavy job. And, you know, we, we tend to want to think we can just push our brains to the limit. And really what it means is we need to take breaks. We need to stop. We need to take care of our minds as well as our bodies. Because, you know, if we don't take care of our minds, I'm sort of out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think there's a lot of sort of um, mental exertion almost, I suppose, in the IT industry. So you need to take the time out, definitely. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I guess if I was to kind of think back to like when I was about ready to get out of college, like I think I was just looking for like any sort of job I could get my hands on. And I think I would probably tell myself to try harder and look for more interesting jobs or possibly get over the fear of moving to another city or, you know, talking to the Microsofts and the Googles of the world. And maybe because I feel like in a way my career started off really slow and really would just want to say like, Hey, go a little faster, be a little bit more bold with your job explorations, I guess. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I guess I'm sort of public, so I can go ahead and say it at the moment. Um, I am looking for a new job. And so I guess that means I've been thinking a lot about my career objectives at the moment. I think I've been mostly focusing on, one, making sure I have a challenging and interesting role. So not just I did Java once, so I need to do Java again. But really, like, what are what is the company working on? What is the team working on? Can I see myself being able to work on those kinds of problems. But also I had an amazing manager at the last job and he taught me a lot about not just how to manage a software project, but also just on what does a truly empathetic team look like? Right. Our team meshed really well because we cared about each other as people, but we also cared that we were doing work. We were in you know, really good communication with each other. You know, we just meshed. If anybody was gone for any reason, you know, it was really easy to kind of pick up the slack. And 
I mean, there was obviously days of stress and stuff like that, but it all felt really manageable on this particular team. And I definitely am looking for that kind of feel with my next team slash department slash company. Yeah. So the empathy part of it is very important to you. Yes. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I've heard this from a lot of people and I'm starting, you know, the more time goes on to believe it too, that a career in software development and tech in whatever you want to call it is really about the people. It's not about the tech. You don't just make software for making software. You always make software because somebody's going to use it. You make software to help people make their day-to-day process better, um, things like that. So I think one of the best non-technical skills I've learned is keeping the people in mind. Somebody is using that inter- user interface. Somebody is, you know, has to deal with the output of your software. Somebody has to deal with all these things. And keeping them in mind, I think, is really important in terms of making better software. So understanding who it is that's going to use it and how they're going to use it, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And Terry, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Find some really good other people in your career field to stay in contact with. And I'm not just saying like, you know, oh, they're a really good programmer. But, you know, if they're really good at their work, or they're really good at management, or they're really good at other things, even if they don't work with you, I think it's good to keep them just kind of stay in contact with them because I found sort of time and time again, anytime I had questions about, is this the way I should be doing things? Is this the way my team should be doing things? Is this way I'm thinking through this problem and I'm not sure that's the direction I should be going with it, things like that. It's been nice to be able to have a network of people to ask these questions and kind of pick their brains a little bit. And, you know, I used to feel kind of guilty for taking people's time, but I found if you know, we have a good mutual friendship, a good, whether that's a, like a sort of professional friendship or a friendship, friendship, I guess. It's been a lot easier to learn from them and ask them questions and not feel like I'm taking up all their time, but I also feel like they feel comfortable asking me similar things too. And so it kind of ends up being a win-win for both of us. Exactly. So yeah, the, the importance of having a network, but the benefit is is in both ways. So you receive and give. Yeah. Yeah. And Sarah, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Um, my website is sarahwithy.com. I blog over at geekygirlsarah.com as well. I try to engage with everybody on Twitter as much as I can. So twitter.com slash geekygirlsarah. And please feel free to say hi. I love chatting with people. I don't see social media is like a one-way street where I just post articles. I see, I I definitely try to use it to chat with people and engage all around. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, it's been good chatting with you. Thanks for having me on. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. 
and this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.